Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy this is professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast, where today we're covering NWA Saturday night on TBS from May the 21st, 1988. I'm sitting here with Hard Body Hopper, Doc Turner. We just did the first episode of Ask, Get Life Advice, or Ask Hopper, and uh, I'd like to apologize in advance uh, to anyone out there who would have listened. Uh, Hopper was very mean to our patrons. Uh, but anyway, Doc, how are you? Um, I'm great. I, I don't know what to that? say after what, I don't know what, what to say after that. That was, uh, certainly, um, that was something. I'll say that Harper, or did you, you need to go rub one out or something and calm down a little bit. Take I'm all shit, right. Maybe? Okay. Nah. Okay. Yeah. He was, he was pretty salty. Wasn't he doc? I he just was... point out the obvious. Okay. That's that's good to know. So how are we all feeling, guys? The football season started, and uh, both of our teams are one and zero. There, pals. Yeah, that shit surprised the fuck out of me. I remember uh, I was at the gym, and the Saints game was on. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this, this shit's over. Well, they got it, you know. And then. I get in the car and I put it on a radio. Then I hear, oh, you know, whatever, on a 35-year-old. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What the fuck's going on here? And they, then they get the touchdown. I'm like, are, are you fucking kidding me? And they line up to do the, the fucking extra point, and they block it. I'm like, okay. No, they got to do it again. And I said, fuck, they're by one. It's over with. And I was talking on the phone with the, uh, with the broad, and – uh. I could hear the bar down the street, everyone losing their fucking mind, and my phone kept blowing up. I said, hold on, I got to call you back. I, I think they must have fucking came back and fucking won. And I, I, I looked on the fucking Bleacher Report, and I saw 30 28. I was like, holy shit, they fucking won. Mike, how close to a stroke did you come? It's entertainment, bro. It's all the work. Uh, I generally try not to get too worked up about it. I just... Sit there peacefully and just go, yep, nothing. In the day and age of spot monkey activities and whatnot, nothing surprises me when it comes to the National Football League anymore. They have booked the territory so ridiculous over the years that nothing surprises me. And, And let me tell you, just when you think they can't spot monkey things up even more, like wrestling, they... 
they go even further. They just do. I mean, dude, there was two lead changes in the final minute of that game. Two. That was the first time that ever happened in Monday Night Football history, where in the final actual minute there were two lead changes. Well, three if you count the game winner. It's just it's 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 ridiculous. Am I getting that right? No, it was two in the final minute, three in the three in the last minute, and whatever. But still, it's just utterly ridiculous that that can happen in that way. It's All just, I know is my patron football picks seem wrong. Now we're going sixteen and zero, pal. Okay. Uh, I'm not here to talk about football, though. Uh, we're here to talk about NWA Saturday Night. But before we do so, I want to mention a couple of things. Shout out to our largest patron contributors monthly, disrespectfully, Classy, Marky, Blassie, Kyle Riley, Mike Childry. Thank you for your generous patronage each and every month. We appreciate it. Uh, we couldn't do this show without you. And shout out to a couple of new patrons and uh, one um, patron who bumped up his pledge, Noetic. Hatter, new Patreon member. Thank you. Enjoy all the new Patreon content. I'm sorry, all the extra Patreon content that we have out there. And then Chris Tunstall, thank you. Longtime Patreon member. Bumped up his pledge. So thank you very much for your generous patronage. We appreciate it. Remember, you can become a patron at tinyurl.com slash Patreon. BTT is a great way to support this show on an ongoing basis and get over 200 plus Patreon exclusive episodes only for our patrons. All right, Doc. Um, Doc, you got, I got a spot. For- I- I got a spotlight this week. Sure. Have at it. In the spirit, in our ongoing discussion of everybody does wrestling better than wrestling. Harper, did you hear what our defensive end, DeMarc, DeMa, whatever his name, Lawrence, did uh, this week? Our, our Cowboys defensive huh. end. Why? Mike, did you hear about this? You told me. Did you forget already? I can't remember what we talk about. No shit. So anyway, this heel, natural heel, was leaving the stadium on Sunday, and a little kid in a Saquon Barkley jersey came up to him and asked oh. for an autograph. And he said, uh, wrong jersey, kid, and kept walking and said, nah, brah, to the yeah. – And then went on social media and was like, nah, you need to snap back to reality. I love it. Cut and heel promos. One week we've got a Russian tennis player cutting promos. The next week we got Dallas Cowboys cutting promos. I wish somebody in wrestling would cut some promos. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, for, uh, the kid was wearing the wrong jersey. Yeah, you, he don't right? get nothing. He don't get yeah. man, seven years old. I, I man, I would have. I I'm gonna ask for Joe Montana's autograph. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Terry Bradshaw, man, eat a dick. You ain't on our team. <laughs> That's nice. I mean, Danny White ain't my favorite, but he's our quarterback. Ride or die, motherfucker. Yeah. Everybody I does. I mean, y'all had, y'all had to root for Archie Manning and shit. That can't be good for you. Yeah. Everybody Fuck. does wrestling better than wrestling. So, Mike, what do you think about that? Do you think he should have given the little boy an autograph and just gone on with it? Or do you think it, he he taught the kid a valuable lesson? No, see, here's the problem. You see, he caught the it's like it would be like catching a heel leaving a wrestling arena. Like, you know, no, you can't you can't do that. You you no, he he taught the little kid a valuable lesson. You know, you got a Giants jersey on, I'm an old cowboy player. No. Now, I mean if he's just sitting in a if he's just sitting in a bar somewhere, well a kid won't be in a bar, but he's at a restaurant and a kid I mean if he put his whole hand him. if he put his like whole mitt in the kid's face and like pushed his head back and was like, Brad, get out of my face, that's a different story, but Right. He didn't touch him. He just he just shoot him off like basically i mean he basically did what a heel would do in the 1980s leaving a restaurant right 
That's all he did. Like he, he remember did, when he remember did when, exactly what a heel would do. Leaving like let's say it's mid south wrestling. He did exactly what like any heel wrestler would do. Leaving the arena in the nineteen eighties. No kid, get the hell right. out of here. I've heard MVP tell stories that he got talked to by the office for like kids to come up asking for autographs when he was a heel and he'd throw their sharpie on the ground and walk off. That's yeah. nice. And it was right the he right goes, thing. What do you do? want me? What do you want me? He goes, I just asked him which day, hours of the day they wanted me to be a heel. Mm. Yeah, he's. I, I'm. I'm absolutely with him on that. You're a heel, damn it. So, so. I, 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 I. I mean, look, we've said this before, so let's be clear. We have to draw this stuff out for people. I'm not advocating abuse to children or anything like that. He didn't touch the kid. He didn't threaten the kid. He just didn't give him an autograph, which. By the way, can be construed as a dickhead move, but it's still well within his rights. And you know what that did? That kid will hate the Cowboys forever now. And if he's a Giants fan, that's fine. You know how much it cost to park it at a Cowboy game? What, $40? Oh, hell no. 75 at least. How much? 75 If you're going to park on the property, it's going to cost you $75. Holy shit. And that, that's, that's real. That, That's look, not bullshit. That doesn't include the game ticket or the $15 beers when you get in there or the uh, ridiculous concessions. That's crazy. Yeah, it's stupid is what it is. It's not just crazy. It's just it's stupidity. And there's people that go every weekend. So, again, we're not here to talk about football, but football is still doing wrestling better than wrestling. Let's talk about wrestling and wrestling was still wrestling, pal. I totally agree, which is... Let me get this Patreon video started, which is, again, May 21st, Saturday night on TBS. Um, the show opens uh, with a replay of the aftermath of Sullivan kidnapping Precious and Precious acting like she had a spell put on her as she is acting possessed or something under this table in the dressing room. Uh, then we head to the studio. There's nothing much to report from J.R. Tony and David Crockett to mention here. Um, and then they throw us right away to Arn versus David Isley. Uh, so Arn is in a singles match, and he defeats David Isley with the Gourd Buster. Doc, do you have anything from the opening of the show, the recap that they showed, or even the uh, match uh, with Arn and David Isley? Just that um, <clears throat> Arn was Arn was pretty on it there. He gave him, uh, I believe, he gave him a DDT earlier in the match that didn't end the match, and then gave him the Gourd Buster a few minutes later. And the other thing, did you notice how much he was jawjacking back to Crockett and them at the at the uh, announce table while he was doing it too? I guess Tristan. I don't know. Yeah, as we're gonna find out in a little bit, the horsemen are riding high, and they win with good reason. Harper, do you have anything from the opening or Orange match? No, I mean not really. No. Okay. No. Give me one second. I thought you might have something, but let me. Uh, His hair's still blonde. Yeah, that looks good. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's you, go to you the see promo. Him. You, he's probably sitting there with that spray in, comb in, leave in stuff in front of the mirror. Like, this is going to look good. <laughs> Gross. Let's go to the promo. We got Arn, Barry Windham, JJ, and Tully out there, and uh, let's see what they got to say. They say the Horsemen Rule Wrestling, World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair, World Tag Team Champion. United States heavyweight champion. But can they get past that six-man tomorrow night? Well, tomorrow night in the Omni, we're going to find out what the horsemen are all about. 
because it's easy to see where the situation is. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, high off the suspension being lifted. No more Midnight Rider, no more facade. He is the dream, he is the legend. He's back at his home right here in the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. And next to him is the total package of Lex Luger, the one that the wrestling experts say is the next coming of the American Dream. And to his other side is the hottest single attraction in all of sports today, this, this man they call the Sting. Well, on the other side are the World Tag Team Champions. And listen to what I'm telling you. The World Tag Team Champions, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. And now they're already saying this is going to be the true test for Barry Windham, the newest horseman. Can he stand side by side with the World Tag Team Champions? Well, Mr. Windham right here is wearing the United States Heavyweight Championship belt across his shoulders. He has already proven his worth, and he will be part of the most elite team in professional wrestling tomorrow night at the Omni. You know, David Crockett, the bashes are coming up. Everybody knows what a great event that is. Dusty Rhodes likes to come out here and talk about how he's going to rule wrestling and take the horsemen down. But you know, he's been trying to do that for three years, and the horsemen are still intact and better than ever with the addition of Barry Windham. But you know, the bashes are a little ways off. You've got Houston, Texas, JJ, on June 10th. And it's going to be barbed wire, and it's going to be you, Dusty Rhodes, and me. And I'm no stranger to it. You can see the scars. Because I don't care about getting scarred up, Dust. I'm not going to be in commercials. I'm just wrestling for a living. And you know, Big Dust, I've been wanting to put you out for a long time. JJ's wanted you out for a long time. Rick's wanted you out for a long time. Arn's wanted you out for a long time. And Barry wants you out. And I'm going to do it. Houston, Texas, it's going to be you and me. And nobody can get in and nobody can get out. And Dust, I'm going to take you all night long. All right, ladies and gentlemen, more exciting wrestling's coming up next. All right, Doc, I'll go to you first. Uh, what do you have, Doc, from that right there? The first thing is is that we have Arn Anderson standing at the podium, but they don't let him talk. Uh-oh. Auburn's getting a toothy blowjob over there, man. He sure what? is. Oh. I, just don't, I just don't understand how he's so close to a microphone, but they're not going to let him speak on this. Um. So we find out there that Wyndham has won the U.S. title, meaning that they now have all the significant belts inside the horsemen. Shit, their limo must be weighed down from all the straps, man. They've done exactly what they said they were going to do, and now Tully says he's going to go end Dusty because Dusty's been trying to end them for three years. Who's to, not, who's to, who's to say they won't? And just to clarify something, Arn doesn't cut a promo anytime in this episode, so yeah, it is kind of weird that Arn's out there, even though he just wrestled, that he doesn't say anything. So, uh, Harper, you got anything from it? Are we going to see this 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 uh, cage match or whatever it is? I doubt it's going to be on Saturday night. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> but good tickets are still available at the Sam Houston Coliseum <laughs> for. You wonder how <laughs> how this went with the sales, with the ticket sales. Well, wasn't this the time? I mean, that's why we've seen him, that Bosch was still involved. So if he was still involved in any capacity, it's possible that this drew a good house. Yeah. 
but I did hear some things. I did hear some things in that omnibus episode about some 1988 ventures into San Antonio that did not produce good results. So you never know. Yeah. 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 Uh, Cornette covered it pretty well. Um, yeah. That they were drawn in, in all over the Carolinas, but did go to these big towns halfway across the country and it wah, wah. Yeah, it was amazing, man. You just, you just had areas where it was just still hot and then you'd go to these places when it was just like, why the hell are we here? Man, you know they had to be thinking that shit, too, because they were running and gunning and tired and traveling, and it's like, uh. Well, Cornette said that. He's talked about that, because he'll go into his book and go, man, we were in L.A., and then we were here, and then we were here, and we're like, why the hell are we flying all the way across the country and back-to-back nights? And he was like, it just didn't make any sense. And he, I mean, I, we could go through all the details, but Cornette elaborated a lot of that on those omnibus editions, uh, that he did, man. I mean, it's and it's true. Like they were just freaking. They they may have you know. I mean, you know, they had these planes. They may have been just using burning money as jet fuel to get to these places, man. Um, I mean, I know they were burning jet fuel, but I mean, literally putting money in the jet fuel and burning it as they burned it. It, it just, you just, I don't get it, but it is what it is. Uh, Harper, anything else from the promo? No. Uh, I thought Tully was doing a good job of talking him into the building, but as you notice there, Barry does have the belt. He won the belt in Houston. So there was that. Yeah. Uh, he won the tournament. But that was a tournament, title. right? Yep. He won the tournament for the vacant title uh, that was vacated by Dusty when he had the go- loser leave town, get out of the, you know, and comes back as a midnight rider. But they didn't get the title he, back to him. When, when he talks about uh, doing, you know, I'm not doing commercials, you think that was a little. Uh, talking about Dusty when he did those uh, those like BP headache powder ads and the mellow yellow shit. No, I think that's directed at WWF. Oh, do do you agree, Doc? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I think that's what that was. All right, we keep going. We got Mike Rotunda with Kevin Sullivan out there and um, Rick Steiner. Rotunda defeats Trent Knight. Doc, any thoughts on the match? Hey, we just talked last week, I think it was, about how the TV title wasn't being defended, and lo and behold, they listened to us, and now it's being defended, and I thought Rotunda looked good there. Agreed. Harper, you got anything from it? He looked good. He looks like a fucking wrestler. He sure the hell does. And he does, man. I know Barry changed a lot. In his demeanor, but man, Rotunda did a fucking he he grew a per, actual personality after he turned heel. Great, one of the greatest things you'll I I don't say greatest thing from him, but the Varsity Club in general. We've said this, yeah, underrated. Yeah. Great thing that they did when they turned them and um, to complete three sixty from him cutting babyface promos with that Florida title to now, completely different. But with that said, let's listen to Kevin Sullivan, who, holy crap, here we go. The games master, man that controls the game, controls the mind. Is that what you've done to Patty? I've done nothing to Patty. I want everybody here to listen because I've told you nothing but the truth. First of all, when I came here, you, David Crockett, called her precious. Her name is Patty, and that's the truth. 
The second thing is, I knew Patty way before Jimmy Gavin, and that's the truth. And the third thing is, if we want to get to the bottom of this whole problem, why don't you get Patty out here and tell her to tell the truth? Because the truth is this, Jimmy Gavin, tomorrow night in the Omni, let's see how she reacts towards me. Because the first time in her life, she has realized that she knows now that she's not confused. She has come back because when I build a tower, the Tower of Doom, there's only one thing that can happen. Two sides enter, one side leaves. And Patty will come home because Jimmy Gavin, let me tell you this. Remember the other day when you went flying your airplane and she said she had something to do? Well, I'm the thing she had to do, Jimmy Gavin. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, listen. Sting is coming up next, right after this. God. <laughs> Come on. Oh, that shit. <laughs> oh, bro, what do you think? God damn. That was like Jerry Springer type shit. That's foul. Yeah. You know when she says she has something to go do? Well, I'm, I'm what she had to go do, motherfucker. Jimmy Gavin, remember that day when she said she had to go fly your plane? She said she had something to do? Well, I'm what she had to do. Oh. Wow. Uh, Doc, what do you have from it? And the great thing about it is, is that Garvin's a pilot in real life. So it's like that extra, extra layer of real. And we're not even just, I mean, we're not even using Precious anymore. He Even Crockett's like Patty from the beginning. I don't know, man. That was that was stiff. That was some wild ass <laughs> shit. He just said on national television, "I'm banging his wife." Damn, that's pretty while damn. I'm out, while you're out joyriding in your airplane, I'm over at your house joyriding your wife. Yeah, I'm nice banging stuff. your wife up the ass. Whoa! Oh, no, no, no. He's yam back deep. Yeah, I ain't yeah, just man. breaking the. I ain't just breaking the plane, pal. I'm yam back deep. Um, that's nice. Yeah, it is nice. You know, and he mentioned the Tower of Doom. I think they start having those tower match, like cage matches, in at house shows and shit, or at the bash or something, don't they? Yeah, we'll go get there. The Tower of Doom. Okay, was that the thing? With the Dungeon of Doom, had all the guys in it, and, and like Hogan. Well, that the- was the worst. Yeah, that's basically it in a nutshell. I'll God, f- that was so dumb. Ordered that. I or I paid. I paid money for that. That I paid money I didn't have. At the time yeah, for that. Pay I remember pay. watching that. And I'm like, man, this is so awesome. Look at this, and it's like, man, this is you know, it, it looks good. And then when that, you, yeah, and then when it when it actually happens, it's like, yeah, oh. this is this is like something out of a fucking uh, a cartoon. It's beyond dumb when you finally see it, and how they go through the trap doors to get to the next cage right. level. Yeah. It, it's like, it's just so dumb. I think when we watched it, we sat there in silence, and one of my buddies looked at the rest of us and was like, think we can just say it didn't come on and get our money back? <laughs> For real. I mean, seriously. 
Uh, all right. Any other thoughts on Sullivan saying he's banging pressure? Well, on he's television? now he's now thrown down a gauntlet. If he hadn't already by kidnapping her, dead. Jimmy's got to get some re- some revenge. Uh, I would agree. I would agree. I would agree. We go then directly from Sullivan. If you're watching on our Patreon video at tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT, they throw it to a match where Sting defeats Max MacGyver. Doc loved it. And then Sting cuts a promo, and Doc loved that too. Right, Doc? No, I, like, I don't blame that little kid at all. Did you see that little kid that he tried to bring in the ring, and the kid was like, no, no. Yeah. The fucking, his, his fucking mama had more makeup on than the kid did. Whoa. <laughs> Come on. I'm seriously. On. Me, That's not classy. It, but it's true. Oh. Any thoughts from the promo, though, Hopper? No. Doc, you... It's just like... Sting. It's... Yeah. It's Sting. Now we're starting to see... We're starting to see that WCW Sting. This is when that seed really gets planted. What does little... WCW Sting mean? What does that, that mean? That means with the little kids with their faces painted... And the action figures, and well, I mean, and, and, the, and t-shirts, and you know Hogan light. That mm. was the that was the eighties with Sting. He was for the kids, the colorful face paint, and all that other bull crap. You know what's funny about Sting? That dude is when you talk about wrestling fans. There is like no in between either. People did not like him at all, like Doc, or there's people who like, no, nah, no, nah, he was, I love Sting in, in, in this era. Like, there's no in between. You don't hear people go, ah, Sting, whatever. I, at least for me, I don't. But anyway, we'll keep going. We got the new U.S. champion, Barry Windham. He's out there. He's going to defeat Ryan Wagner. Doc, any thoughts from the match? Wait, who was this? Say that again. Barry Windham. And Ryan Wagner. Nah, that didn't have anything from that. I mean, hell, Wyndham's Wyndham's out there though with more gold. Amen. Uh Hulk, and he upgraded. And, and let me just say this he upgraded from that Western States Heritage title to the US title. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big upgrade. Hopper, you got anything Last from the, from Barry's match? No. No. Uh-uh. Well, that's the title say? that's under the, the world title, right? Yeah. That's uh, okay. Yeah, the U.S. is uh-huh. not the Western States, right? Right. Yeah. Well, the the national title's gone, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's been, been gone. Been okay. gone for two two years. Okay. Or three. No, it's two. two. It was eighty. It was eighty six. Two. I said two. Let's go now to Barry Windham and J.J. Dillon, who have to promo to cut. This is after Barry's match. Uh, here that is. Like him or not, he's the United States heavyweight champion. When you get in the ring with him, he's going to take you to the limit. Barry, as I present to you your championship, but I'd like to just say one thing to you on a very personal level. I've always respected you as an athlete and always, always just really appreciated what tremendous athletic ability you have. But it's only been the last couple of weeks when you finally rid yourself of all the hang-ups, of all the inhibitions, of all the guilt trips, and all the all these things that other people put on you that tried to restrain you. Exactly. It's only these last couple of weeks I've really appreciated what a really magnificent athlete you are. And tomorrow night in the Omni, 
Mr. Luger is going to find out That's first right. I try to carry the banner like a true horseman. And Lex Luger, like he said, all the guilt trips, Dusty Road, all the guilt trips, everything included. You know, I carried the banner for the other side for a long, long time. Now I carry the banner for the horseman, and I carry it like a man and like a true horseman. This United States Championship right here means that I'm the best at what I do. Now, Lex Luger, when you step in the ring with me tomorrow night, you had better be prepared for something you have never done before, something you have never faced before. You have never faced me in this mode before. What I am is the epitome of wrestling and the very best that a horseman can ask to be. I carry the banner, like I said, and I carry it high. I'm a true horseman, and it's always been right here. Only now have I come out and shown my colors. Only because I've wanted to. Now with my fellow horsemen, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, I will lead them in the crusade against Dusty Rhodes, Sting, and Lex Luger in the Omni. What I will do when I get in that ring is do my very best to defeat all of you. Lex Luger, when I step in the ring with you, vengeance aside, I'm going to teach you a wrestling lesson that you've needed for a long, long time. Dusty Rhodes, you're no longer the teacher. I am the man that you always wanted to be, and I'm going to show all of you something that you don't know about. All right, hey, listen, that's tomorrow night at the Omni. Hey, listen, what's coming up next? Dusty Rhodes, Lex Luger, and much more. I don't have anything specific other than Barry is so much better as a heel, and I keep saying that. Um... Man, Mark, I like you, you first. I, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. That line, and I bet Harper popped on this one too when he goes, "I carry a like a." That was great. Wait, Doc, you you keep breaking up tonight. What did you say? He said, "I carry it like like a man." Banner. That that was good, Harper. What did you say? Yeah, I, I mean, this is. I mean, Barry keeps getting better and better, huh? You see fucking Crockett behind him's got a shit-eating grin on his face. <laughs> yeah, Crockett. Uh... I, I thought I, I thought J.J. did a good job setting that up, too, with his, the whole, you know, I always respected you as an athlete, but getting to see you up close and I'm presenting you with your title, and it just makes it all, all seem real. I have to agree. Yeah. Yeah, Barry's fucking great, man. Yeah, this this it sucks. He leaves. Wait, where's he going? He becomes the Widowmaker soon. Well, not soon, but you know. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Jesus. What? I mean, like no one knows his shit. I know, no message. <laughs> that was a great gimmick for him, the Widowmaker, when he grew the beard. I still got the little card from that, the little fucking WWF card. You know what was better than that? When he uh, was a horseman. Yeah. Hey, Doc. Can you uh, hook that computer up for next week? Because, um, man, <coughs> you're breaking up, and we didn't have these issues with you when you were on a computer and hooked up yeah. to an Ethernet. What are you talking about? You're breaking up a lot tonight is what I'm talking about. You hear what I said? What do you mean? Okay. Al Perez defeats Keith Steinborn. Anything from that, Hopper? No. Fucking Al Perez. <laughs> Damn, he does it. I mean, fuck. 
What did he do to he's, you? He's got the wrong finishing move. It's nothing what, to do with the finishing move. Yeah, I, 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 that that's an ingredient. It's not the main ingredient, but that's that's a, one of the ingredients. Who in the fuck is a spinning toe hole for a finisher that's not a funk? He's got a point there, Mike. I guess. But that's not his problem. Why are you down on Al Perez then, Mike? I'm not down on Al Perez. I'm down on your goddamn connection on that freaking Skype app you're using on your phone that we can't hear. Then hang up on me. Because you're too damn I'll... lazy to hook up your damn I'll computer. Then I'll talk to y'all later. That's he's nice. Getting, he's getting mad. Don't All go. Right. Don't go. You got the ball. All right, we need to go to Dusty Rhodes though, right here. So uh, I, I got nothing against Al Perez, but he's just not a star. I mean, that's obvious. Right. Let's go to – what did Harper say a couple no, weeks back? There, there's he, there's no sizzle to the steak. Isn't that what you said, No. Harper? Yeah, he's – I mean, he looks good. He looks like a million bucks. He looks like a superstar. It's just – the. The uh, personality's not there. Yeah, that's it. Nailed it. And, and 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 the manager is outshining him by a lot. He's about to in a little bit too. Oh God! Oh, Doc, wrong? please please get Cobra. Please get Cobra <laughs> modem. But uh, he's he's definitely about to outshine him in a minute. Um, as uh, he's gonna violate our politics free zone. But anyway. For now, let's go to Dusty Rhodes and see what he's got to say. And I want y'all to pay attention to the crowd here uh, as uh, Dusty's cutting this promo. Ladies and gentlemen, the living legend, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty, it's the student against the teacher. Well, I tell you, you know, there's a lot going through a lot of people's mind out there in public. A whole lot. The Omni night holds the key to a lot of things. I know deep down in my soul how one Lex Luger feels. I know what the package feels inside his gut, knowing that Bear Wyndham did what it did. Then I, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, know what it is because of the closeness between me and Bear Wyndham. So I've tried to talk to him. I have walked out in public and said, Bear Wyndham, what's going on? I got to straighten this thing out between Wyndham and myself because it burns in my gut too. But in the Omni of all night, the Stinger, Lex Luger, and the American Dream Dusty Rhodes against three of the fours when Iron Tully and Bear Wyndham going to have some type of news or some type of, as you say, response to Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. And most of all, Bear Wyndham, to Lex Luger. I taught you better than that. I taught you better than what you did. So the army gonna be on fire. Because one thing is for sure, when Dusty Rhodes walks in the Omni, when Dusty Rhodes walks in Houston, Texas on June the 10th, tell that Blanchard, Bob Wire in Texas, if you will. And when Dusty Rhodes, just like the Celtics, walk in the Omni, we walk out winners. Cause there are some people that can get to that line, but they can't. Jump over it, Barry Wyndham. Think about it a little bit before Luger hurts you, brother. All right, ladies and gentlemen, more action to come. The NWA, wrestling's best. Thank uh, did y'all uh, hear the crowd? Harper, I'll ask you. Did let me let me ask you what you thought they were uh, saying? They're they're chanting Barry, huh? Right. Yeah. They are chanting Barry, loud. Right. Loud. Um, so with that said, what did you have from it? 
I, I, I don't know. You think we keep saying that they're getting tired of seeing Dusty, but we see those fucking shows where the crowd's going fucking crazy for him. That was my question. But keep in mind, what's the difference between that was Florida too that they were he they were in. That's true, huh? And think about Dusty in Florida, so maybe that's part of it. But the studio ain't having it, man. They're like Barry, Barry, Barry. You can't judge the what the you know a fucking Crockett cow uh, a Crockett crowd would do. Fucking Dusty came out for a match by those you know two hundred assholes that show up every fucking week. <laughs> That's a great point, Harper. Why? That's thank true. you, Doc. I hey. mean, it pro- it wasn't two hundred. It was probably like eighty five or ninety in there. Yeah, I'd say it's about one hundred and twenty five, maybe at the most. But you're right. You can't judge it by that. But 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 I and, guess the and point... the other and the other thing is you don't know that once you get the TV rolling if there's not just a bunch of spot monkey activities. Yeah. Well, that's part of it too because you get people who I mean we've seen it they they want to be a part of the show like the dudes who wear the suits and shit and do the whole four horsemen thing and yeah that's true. I uh, mean that's cute, but th- that's they're doing that for TV, right? Yeah, I yes. agree. What else you got from it, Doc? Nothing. I thought it was a l- well, a little bit. I say nothing, and then but I thought it was a little weird with Dusty talking about everybody else when usually it's everybody else talking about Dusty. Good point. So in the ring, as Dusty was cutting that promo, Tully was in the ring, and he's defeating. Um, as after Dusty wrapped up, he defeated Dave Spearman. Doc, anything from that? Yeah, I need. I got a timestamp here for you, my friend. Um, can you go to thirty-five forty, and then Harper? I need you watching. Okay. All right, I'm at thirty-five thirty-one. Do I need to turn the sound up, Doc? No. Okay. So here we go. So my question is, what is the bottom of Tully's shoe like? And isn't that one of the grossest things a wrestler can do to another wrestler? Yeah, the bottom of his shoe is a fucking gross, bro. Yeah, the bottom of your wrestling boots are fucking nasty. Mike? I've heard Austin talk about this before, and... He is absolutely right. The bottom of a fucking wrestling boots are the nastiest shit on the planet, and here's why. Harper and I have both been in the back, whether it's a high school gym or a small building or even a small arena, and we have walked up to the urinal with Mm -hmm. our shoe, I mean, in Harper's case, shoes, his loafers, or in my case, boots, and stood by that piss urinal where there was piss on the floor. And gotten that shit all on the bottom of the boots or shoes. So, yes. The amount of funk and nastiness on the bottom of Tully's shoes was probably... um, You could probably grow grow some bacteria and fungus on the bottom of those things if you left them uh, in a dark, you know, building. So, let me me ask this. In the the pantheon of gross, would you rather have the bottom of his boot applied to your face or for him to spit in your face i can't pick that's a uh, neither that's hard 
Yeah, Hopper, what do you say? Uh, I don't want either. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking hard, man. Yeah, because because those boots step and piss, bro. You're. In, I can just picture it now in in the fucking locker room. Everyone stands there and pisses and. Yeah, but up. if he's but if a wrestler spits in your face, you know where he's been burying his face too. Oh, where? Rat pussy. And some chick's crotch. Right. Yeah. And you've and we've all not, we've all said we've all heard from you guys is that wrestlers have no shame when it comes to what they will do. Well, Mike, the people just, uh, they don't do you know they don't do that, right, Mike? Don't do what? Deep pussy. She speak for you. Oh, that's what I heard. I heard blacks don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I heard like eating pussies like paying child support. They're not into that shit. You are an asshole. That's fucked up, man. Now he looked and he senses himself. He senses himself after he makes a ridiculously wild accusation. That's fucked up. You yes, you are. You you need to go to church this weekend and ask for forgiveness. I heard I read some one star review on app iTunes where it said that all we do is is just laugh all over each other. Well, sometimes I mean, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> I guess if shit's funny. F- yeah, I guess if that doesn't float your boat, you can blow me. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All right. Uh, I can't choose between having a, a boot put in my face or being spit on. That's just, both are just ridiculously gross. What about Ronnie Garvin teabagging you while he pins you? Mm, you man. see, you see, here's what's funny about the Garvin, you know, um, chin nuts. The prop, the, the thing is with that, I actually wouldn't. That move would, doesn't bother me as much because he really doesn't put his nutsack on your chin, although he is very close. In some instances, he was really, really close and kind of did, but not every time did he. The problem with that is what you got to get to before you get the chin nuts, right, Hopper? Yeah. He's got beat the fuck out of you. He's going to stretch you. Right. And then, oh, here's a cherry on top, motherfucker. Exactly. So I got to get through all that before I get the chin nuts, which is not really as bad because it's it looks bad, but it's not as bad as the boot to the mouth or, you know, somebody spitting on you. So I would probably go with the Garvin chin nuts if I could say, well, I don't have to take that ass whooping. Just my two. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to Lex Luger. He's got something to say, and I kind of want to laugh. Here it is. Hey, Lex, I have to ask you. Tomorrow night... Barry Wyndham's across the ring. At what time you were friends? You know, David, I see Barry Wyndham out here, and boy, he looks good, doesn't he? Very confident. That new, shiny U.S. title around his waist. Out here with all your new, good friends, Barry Wyndham. You're on top of the world right now, you know that? You're with the elite group of wrestling. But you know, Barry Windham, you can never judge a book by its cover. Because you see, as good as they look, 
the limousines, the airplanes, because I've been there, brother. The fancy hotels, the fancy dinners out, the women. You see, Barry Wyndham, it's all a facade because they exude class. They come out here and smile for the fans. You're not supposed to like us, but you love us anyways because we're the best at what we do. They'll sign your autograph after the match. They feed off fan appreciation. And they're great wrestlers, but you see, what they are deep down, I know in my heart, is trash. That's what the four horsemen represent, despite how they look and the fancy clothes and that big smile. You see, Barry Windham, and when you hang around trash, you start to smell like trash. And I can smell you a mile away. So you see, when it comes down to the army, Barry Windham, Sooner or later, baby, you're gonna have to slip through those ropes. You can't stand on the apron all night long. And you have to face well, what you've done to me, to Dusty Rhodes, to all your fellow competitors. You're gonna have to face what you've done to the world titles and what you've done to the fans who have supported you all these years. We're gonna be the trash collectors in an army. And baby, there's gonna be trash strewn all over that ring when we go out with our hands raised in the air. There's gonna be pieces of your bodies, baby. All right, tomorrow night, the Omni's the place to be. More action coming right here on TV. Uh, I gotta throw a flag. Luger's talking crazy. He said the fancy limos, the women, etc., is all a facade. Uh, I don't know about you, Harper, but that wasn't a facade. I mean, they were really doing all those things, right? Yeah, that's the real thing. So, I mean, he sounds crazy. He's like, oh, the women, the fancy limos. Like, I don't know about you, Lex, but that sounds like a pretty nice life to be living. So, I just, that's what I was kind of laughing at as I listened yeah, to that and that. watching yeah. it. Yeah, I'll take that. Right. And, and, and the thing is, I got his, he dresses like my mom used to dress me when I, <laughs> about this time. I used to wear those those stupid like TNC surf design fucking shirts. Remember them? Yeah. And, and and what was the one? It was called like Hobby Surfs or something. Hobie. Yes. Hobie with the like the Godzilla looking di- surfing. Yeah, yeah. And the body glove and all that dumb shit. And the stonewash jeans. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. That's how my mom used to dress me right there. All this shit came from TJ Maxx and Marshalls. <laughs> so you're saying he don't have no style? No. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, I'll throw it to Doc. Doc, what do you have from Lex right here? He's so stiff, man. When he points his hands, his thumb comes out at a right angle. What the fuck's up with that? He's been doing that for two years now, Doc. I know it's stupid. Yeah, I agree. Tony Schiavone brings it up all the time, too. Well, he used to. He used to, he used to always say that about Lex whenever Lex cuts those promos. He's, now, he's always got those fingers at a right angle. i say this. He looks more comfortable. He actually is doing better promos to me as a baby face than he was as a heel. He's not sweating. There's that. That's the amazing thing I've noticed lately. He's not sweating, which is very strange for him. Maybe he's ba- taking a shower and anti 
perspirant. I guess so. Anything else from Lex? He's dry, he's Not... remarkably dry. He's remark he's re- remarkably dry. I agree. I agree. I guess you don't have anything else. No. Uh, Harper, what about you? Nah. All right. Uh, Kevin Sullivan is about to wrestle. Uh, he and Rick Steiner are wrestling, so we've got two-thirds of the Varsity Club. They defeat Rick Paradise and Rick Allen. Uh, Harper, anything from them? They beat the shit out this poor kid, poor guy, huh? Jesus Christ. Beat the dog shit out of him. Ridiculous, to be honest with you. But, you know, shit happens. Uh, Doc, what about you? I didn't have anything here. You mean from the match? All right. All right. Uh, the network's acting up, so give me a second. We got to get this one promo in, pal. Oh, this the, the Ric Flair one? Well, there's Rick, and then there's Gary Hart coming up. Uh, yeah. All right, so let's go to Rick first, and then Gary Hart. Fuck. Here's Rick. Let's go to Rick first. Here it is. The world heavyweight champion, the leader of the horsemen, definitely styling and profiling, Ric Flair. That is like it is. And tomorrow night, Atlanta, Georgia, keep in mind the National Wrestling Alliance. The Big Guns, Dusty Rhodes, Sting, Luger, the Horsemen, the Varsity Club, the premier athletes in this great sport are going to set Atlanta GA on fire. (laughs) And you, Steve Duckinette Williams, as you sit in your living room couch right now. Listen up, because you, pal, like all the rest, whether you like it or don't like it, learn to love it. Because tomorrow night, you're going to find out that it is the best thing going today. Steve Williams, six foot five, 300 pounds. All-American wrestler, all-American football player. He has put his credentials and his notoriety on the line. He has told the wrestling world that he's ready to walk that aisle. (laughs) That he's ready to become the world's heavyweight champion. Well, Steve, Dr. Death, Let me compare you to another individual that will be a loser until he can come to grips with himself, and that's Larry Bird of the Boston Celtics. You, Dr. Ness, and Larry Bird, both tomorrow will find out firsthand why we are the best there is. It doesn't get any better. The NWA and TBS. More to come. All right, Doc, you wanted flair here. What do you got? I was a little... I didn't think that was his best promo because I thought the Larry Bird thing came out of nowhere, and I thought he was going to go into the, okay, you're just like the rest that have bulked up, got all your credentials, but you're going to find out that why I'm the man. And he went on a left turn to Larry Bird. I didn't get it. I mean... Let's be clear. He's great just by being out there in 1988. So let's don't let's don't lose the 
the plot, but it wasn't, you know, I, I didn't understand that. Didn't the Lakers win the title that year? Yeah, but it's still May. And I think that might've been them beating the Pistons. I mean, by this point, playing the Hawks in, in the playoffs, maybe by this point, the Lakers had, the the 80s Lakers and 80s Celtics, if you were doing a, a count of titles, uh, did the Lakers have four at this point and the Celtics had two? What was the what was the count at this point? I, I don't have it. I can look it up after we're done. But I know I think the Lakers were technically leading them in titles by this point is my is what I'm saying. So I think I'm pretty sure what he was alluding to is the fact that Bird is basically a loser. He doesn't have as many titles as the Lakers, which if you remember, he's always not always, but a few times he's had his Laker gear on. So I think that's what he meant when he was directing that towards Larry Bird. Does that make sense, doc? Now? I guess, but this Uh, whole episode has, this whole episode has problems. So yeah, doc, I got an answer for you. Um, so by this point in the eighties, the Lakers, were had four titles and the Celtics had three in the decade of the eighties. The Lakers were working on their fifth at this point. So at this point it was four to three and they were about to win their fifth over the Pistons. Um, so yeah, the Pistons, the Pistons had beat the Celtics in the Eastern conference final that year. So yes, the Lakers were working on that one. So that's probably what it would, what he's talking about with, uh, with Larry Bird calling him a loser. God, those I don't want to get on a tangent, but those 1980s basketball finals were fucking wars. I mean, that's what Bert, that's what brought basketball back. And then when Jordan came up, that's when it was full steams ahead. Jesus Christ. What a, what a decade. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, Doc and I were talking about that a couple months back. The, uh, what was the name of that 30 for 30, Doc? Lakers versus Celtics. What was it? Did I lose you, Doc? Doc, he uh, he must be on mute. One of the kids must have walked to the room. Uh, he does that from time to time. I can't remember the name of the thirty thirty, but me and me and Doc were talking about it, and they were showing like it was all about the Lakers versus Celtics. Holy crap! You want to talk about wrestling angles? Wrestling angles galore. Good shit. Yeah. All right. That said, we're gonna go to we're gonna go to Nikita defeated Bob Riddle. We're gonna go now to Al Perez and Gary Hart. Now look, let me tell y'all something. BTT is a politics-free zone. But as we said last week, Gary Hart is not a politics-free zone. He likes to say political things on this show. Uh, so with that said, uh, the, the views of Gary Hart neither uh, confirm or oppose. <laughs> or BTT never neither confirms or opposes. We are neutral in this category because we are a politics-free zone. But they will definitely confuse you. <laughs> well, what do you mean? Gary Hart will confuse you? Yes. Yes. Oh, he straight up. Okay. okay, let me just go to it. But again, we're going to have some fun with this. We're a politics free zone, but we got to talk about it because Gary Hart brings it up. Here it is. Tomorrow night at the Omni, Al Perez gets his chance at Nikita Koloff. Brought many guys, many wrestlers to the Omni in Atlanta. And they have seen a lot of great wrestlers stand by the side of Gary Hart. But I can say, David, without a question of a doubt, there has never been anyone finer, more prepared to beat Nikita than none other than Al Perez. And also, I'd like to talk to the ladies of the audience. 
You know, tomorrow night there's special ticket prices. So there ain't no reason that you can't come to the Omni if you really want to be there. Now, if you want to look and see what a real fine-looking man is like, I'm putting up the Latin heartthrob Al Perez face-to-face -face against the ugliest man in professional wrestling by the name of Nikita. Not only is he going to be uglier when Perez gets through with him in the Omni, what we're going to do to you, Nikita, we are going to lay you out. The heartthrob is going to put the spinning toehold on you. And we are going to see if we can make you scream loud enough that the people in Moscow will hear you. I know up there in the $5 seats, you're going to hear him. And remember, when I tell you that this is the best thing that's ever happened to the National Wrestling Alliance in many years, I'm a man that knows what I'm talking about. Nikita, you get it ready. You bring it on to the Omni, and we're going to find out about 22, 23 minutes into the match when your tongue is hanging out and the heartthrob is all over top of you. He's going to look up there to the $5 seats and throw some kisses to the women. Because, you know, not only can he wrestle, he sure is pretty in it. Handsome man. What are you going to do to Nikita Koloff in the Omni? Well, you know, one little thing I'm going to say is, Nikita, tomorrow night's your night. To be proven to everybody out here that I'm going to beat you and I'm a better man. Yeah. So get ready. There ain't nothing else to say. That's what's called enough said. I don't want any of these right-wing liberal honkers <laughs> chanting, go Nikita, go. We don't like that in Atlanta, okay? No. All right, tomorrow night, the is the place to be. All the action's there. There's more action in the ring right now. I'm scared to throw it to Harper, but Harper, what do you have from that? I. That's wrong, right? <laughs> What's wrong? I need you to explain. Right, 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 right flat, right wing and liberal. It isn't. <laughs> that's the, an oxymoron. It's the opposite. Right, exactly. Was it like that back then? Wing? I'm confused. I, I, no. Because you know politics kind of flip-flops sometimes. I guess he it, meant to say left wing, but he, he had to. Up. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a right wing liberal honkies yelling, go Nikita, go. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Very classy. Uh, Alvarez wasn't much of a promo, but he slayed some rats back in the day. I can tell you that. Uh, Doc, I'll throw it to you. Your thoughts. So right wing liberal is off. And he's implying that right-wing liberal honkies would be rooting for Nikita, but that he's a communist, and a communist is a left-winger. I was super confused. I, I can't even cut a promo on politics right now because I don't even know where we're going, and then honkies came out, and I, don't, I think that's hurtful <laughs> to, to Harper and us people. Yeah. <laughs> we're not down with that. Yeah, dicks. Yeah, we, we we like to keep race out of things. Right. Michael. You don't see Harper and I playing the race card. Ever. Actually, Harper does a lot. I don't uh, do it at all. Well. Um, and I remember somewhere reading something sometime. How about that for being specific? Where Al Perez was thinking he was going to be world champion because somebody told him he was. <laughs> The one that's doing that, fucking uh, Gary Hart. 
I don't know, because Gary Hart's probably frustrated with him, too. He's like, look, pal, when I'm talking, brother, you keep your mouth shut. Oh, Maybe Al Perez could be champ in, like, in, like, 1970 when you don't have to get on national TV and talk every week like Flair does. I don't know. I'm, but... He just, he mumbles, and he's like, he's talking shit under his breath when he does it. Like, he says enough said. He says enough said, but he said it so quiet I had to listen to it twice. Yeah. I mean, Harley Race wasn't, like, the gift the gab dude, but he got his point across, and it was right for the, like you said, right for the times. He had a voice. Harley had that grovelly little, that, not right. really, but that. I mean, Alvarez is too soft-spoken. And so yeah. my point is, is if if he can't cut a promo, don't let him talk at all. I'm with you on that. Don't let him talk. Just let Gary Especially Hart. Especially if you got Gary Hart standing there. Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of like the way Corny always talks for Bobby and Stan. Well, he especially always talks for Bobby and Dennis. Stan does a little talking, but yeah, kind of like the way Corny talk, does all the talking for his team. I'm with you. Okay, Harper. Any other thoughts on um Gary Hart no. and Al Perez right there? No, I'm cool. I don't want any of these right wing liberal honkies yelling "Go Nikita, go!" That was great, Gary. All right, Larry Zabisco defeats Dark Star. Jr. reminds us on commentary that Gary Hart's right wing political commentary does not reflect the stance of the <laughs> National Wrestling Alliance. I thought that was fantastic when Jr. said that. Oh, he did bring that up. That was good. And then we go to a closing promo of the show, and it is going to be Jim Cornette and um, yeah, it's just corny, and he's going to filibuster until the end. One second, I got to, I got to literally stop this Patreon video and start the new one. Do it. All right. So now we'll go to Jim Cornette to close out the episode. And let's see what he's got to say. Here it is. There once was a party. And what did we find? Jim Cornette with his face stuck down. And you know what? I love it. How'd how'd it taste? How'd that cake taste? Let me tell you something, David Crockett. I had my face buried in a cake for 15 seconds. You've had yours buried and ugly for 35 years. So don't talk to me. Now, you know... The Fantastics, they're really rolling high lately. They're really on a roll, brother. They are really moving and grooving. They got the United States Tag Team title. They came out here and ruined our party, ruined our celebration, and they think they're something hot, and they got one goal in life left. They got one pinnacle that they can reach, one mountain let yet to climb, and that's to get a hold of me, brother, Jim Cornette. Get their little greasy, grimy hands on me, beat me up, and whip me. That's what they want to do. They want to take a belt, and they want to whip me just the same as I whipped them. Well, let me tell you something, Fantastics. I hate to be the one to come out here and bust your little bubble. But the thing is, you ain't never going to whip me. You ain't never going to get your hands on me. You ain't never going to touch me because you still got the Midnight Express breathing down your neck. And we're coming after those titles. And you know, the Great American Bash is coming up this summer. And it's going to be hot as always. It's going to be scalding, brother. But tomorrow night in the Omni Fantastics, that's going to be the start and maybe the finish of the longest, hottest summer that you ever had to sweat through, brother. Because you know what the stipulation is, don't you? You know what the stipulation is? Ten lashes to the loser. Ten lashes with a leather strap. Fantastics versus the Midnight Express. And the Fantastics, being a little puke-faced geeks that they are, they took those little goofs over to Jim Crockett's office and they, they sat down at that contract table and they said, listen, we want to figure out some way to get 
Jim Cornette because the Midnight Express are too tough. We can't handle them. We can't get past them. We got to figure out some way to hornswoggle Jim Cornette with a piece of paper. So in the contract, they put the stipulation that if the Fantastics lose that match, then Bobby Fulton gets 10 lashes and Tommy Rogers gets 10 lashes. And brother, I'm going to do it. And I can peel out off their back with every lick. But... If the Midnight Express loses, they sign the contract. It's going to be beautiful Bobby getting 10, Sweet Stan getting 10, and then me getting 10 lashes. I ain't involved. Shut up, you morons. How'd you like to be whipped? I ain't involved in the match and I shouldn't have to take any lashes. But tomorrow in the Omni Fantastics, we're going to take the opportunity to peel a hide off your back again because one way or another, I am not going to be whipped in front of all those thousands of people in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'll tell you something else. Every time you get near the Midnight Express, you get your brains beat out. And every time you get near a belt in the Midnight Express, you get the hide whipped off your back. Well, tomorrow night ain't going to be no different. We're going to whip you. We'll whip your mother. We'll whip your brother and sister, if you want to bring your dog down there, we'll whip him too. Because every time I look at those stinking geek faces of yours, it makes me want to vomit. And tomorrow night, it's going to be the start and maybe the finish of it. You ain't even want to make it to the Great American Bash. You are not going to be doing nothing. I am not gone mad. I know exactly what I'm doing. And tomorrow night, the Midnight Express are going to do it. Crazy? I ain't crazy, brother. You Alright, well, corny filibuster to the very end there. Uh, I loved how he opened that up. He said, I got my head buried in cake for 15 seconds. You had your face buried and ugly for 35 years, Crockett. Doc, what do you have from this? That was the, the line that got me the most. The other line that got me was, I love the line, peel the hide off their backs, or their skin, the peel the hide off their backs. That's a, that's a real visual sentence about what's about to happen with them straps. And then I, I just like the fact that we've talked about this. That, I mean, this is an angle he used in Smoky Mountain, and we've talked about it. But it's also something else we've talked about. When he says, I'll whip your dog, too. We've talked about, man, violence against animals is, is almost, that's some heelish behavior. Poor Boots. And, mm. and, I mean, he's out there and he finishes it with, I'm not crazy. When he just said he'll whip a dog. So I thought this was really, really good stuff. In 2019, we know Corny loves animals, so he wouldn't whip a dog. But, yeah, I got you. He's a heel. He's a heel, damn it. Harper, what do you have from it? I'm just wondering how long he could go. How long do you think he could go? If You like, you ever listen to his show, cut a promo on somebody? That's true, huh? He went about he, 26 minutes on Kenny King once, I think. Right. Yeah. I was about to say. I've I've heard him talk for almost 30 minutes straight without being interrupted. Like, not even take a... You know how dry your mouth gets and if you were to talk for 30 minutes straight? He doesn't even take a sip of water. He just blows right through that and just... That Kenny King one, Doc, might be the record. Man, that was a great one. And I like yeah. Kenny King, all right? So I got no problem with Kenny King. <laughs> Me too. I got nothing against him. But that was pretty epic. He, he pulled out. He's a dick dancer. That's <laughs> nice. He called him a dick dancer. <laughs> like in his his uh his his promo on Kenny King had nothing to do. Actually, I don't think it has anything to do with his work. He was he's mad at Kenny because of how he handled his his first departure from Ring of Honor or when he mm -hmm. departed Ring of Honor. It really wasn't like anything with Kenny being a bad wrestler or whatever. It's just how he handled it. 
He called him a dick dancer. That I came unglued. Have you heard that one, Hopper? Yeah, I heard <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. All right, so that that's how they end the show with Cornette just filibustering for the last uh, you know four minutes. Hopper, did I ask you if you had anything from it? I mean, yeah. It just he it was corny going, you know, going nonstop. Yeah, pretty much. All right, so we need to rate this thing. Uh, before we do so, I want to remind everyone to please use our Amazon referral link. It is tinyurl.com slash Amazon. It's a great way to support this show uh, without spending anything extra. If you're already shopping on Amazon, please use that link. Give that link to the wives, girlfriends, hoes, and side pieces in your life and tell them to use it. Again, it's tinyurl.com slash Amazon. And don't forget, become a patron. Get access to the video reviews and all of the patron-exclusive content at tinyurl.com slash BTT. Thank you for everyone who supports us on Patreon. We greatly appreciate it. Doc, uh, I feel like I need to go to you first. What are you going to rate this thing? Well... It was 58 minutes, but I don't feel like it was 58 minutes of anybody's best performance. It's almost like everybody was there, but today was the day that we dropped the news that even though we're drawing big houses, we're out of money. So we're looking for somebody to buy this shit. And everybody got the news and then had to go out on TV and do their best. I'm going to say, and I feel like I'm being incredibly generous here, like, Christmas morning, let me help some homeless children generous. And I'm going to say B minus. Oh, wow. Hopper, you said wow. What are you giving it? A C plus. I got to agree with Doc. I'm going to go B minus. Um, it wasn't bad. It just. Nobody did anything. It... Yeah. It Except was, Barry. Right. And it was like, Hopper, you used that analogy by, with Al Perez, you know. There's no sizzle to the steak. There was no sizzle to this episode. Yeah. Um, wasn't horrible. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I mean, you know, you give me a 58-minute episode of wrestling these days with nice promos like this, and I'm going to feel elated. But, eh, this was... Uh, by 88 standards um, or 80 standards, uh, NWA Saturday night, this is kind of like, eh, all right. So Doc and I both B minuses, Hopper, C plus. Uh, Hopper, who are you going to give you a Rolex to? A Barry. I think I'd got to agree with you. I'm going to give mine a Barry, yeah. too. Doc, who are you giving yours to? It ain't that fucking hot, guys. Oh, shit. I want to change mine now that you say that. So say it, Doc. Who are you giving it to? Kevin Sullivan, man. When you're out flying your plane, I'm the thing she was doing. Oh, man. Yeah, while you went flying your plane, I was putting my plane up your wife's ass. Wow. Jam bagged. I was dropping my plane in her hangar, her brown hangar. Come on, man. How old are you? (laughs) Old enough enough to watch watch him do it to her. What are you, 11? Yeah. Grow well, up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One more thing before well, we get I out do, of here. I got one thing before we get out of here. Oh, um, I don't know what's going. I don't know what's going on here. So I'm kind of speaking from behind. I don't really know what's up. 
saw something on Twitter the other day. Saw that Fritz had to step away for a couple of days, get his head right. I, I hope that I get my. I mean, I hope that he gets his shit together. Mm-hmm. Um, hang in there, buddy. Let, keep listening to our shows. We'll pull you out of this. Yeah. Whatever it is. Hang in there, uh, Fritz von Malky. All of you out there, man. It's hard times these days. I mean, it's hard times. It is it's hot hard outside. Times. It's it's hot outside. It's about to be pumpkin si- spice season. We're, we got, you know, they say there's going to be a recession. There's almost Christmas. It's just, let, you know, everybody uh, protect your neck out there. Let me let me say something, because I know what Doc thinks. Doc what? and Harper and I, none of us like this pumpkin spice bowl crap. We think it's all stupidity and idiocracy. However, Doc, I know you're like me. You ready for some cool weather to blow through this piece, ain't you? Motherfucker, dude. I would drink pumpkin spice lattes every day for two months if it would just be under 95 for a fucking high. Yeah, that, that's like I was looking in the closet. And I came across something. I was like, my Saints bullpen's jacket. When the fuck am I going to drag you out, motherfucker? Never. The day December, after never. December 29th. And right. you're only going to be able to wear it for a week. Man, I sure hope this global warming produces an ice age. Jesus. I'm not going to lie. I look at the long-range weather forecast in me and Doc's area almost hourly, and I am so tired of seeing, in this point in September, 95, 96, 97, 98. I'm ready to see some 70s. I'm glad you... I'm glad you said that because I looked at the 10 day forecast yeah. five different times while I was at work today hoping it would right. change. Right. If I stare if I stare at this motherfucker long enough, these numbers are gonna go down. I dude, it's like the same thing, man. I must have looked at it five times today on my app and I'm like And then I was like, this can't be right. So I'm gonna, I go over to my weather app on my phone. I was like, some bitch. I'm ready. So for everybody's some cool out weather. there got something you're going through, just remember. Don't do the Von Eric thing. Um, hang in there. It'll all get better. Does my does my my uh, Doc's uh, PSA of the week. Um, I gotta run, guys. So I hope it, I hope y'all have a blessed week. I hope when we get back together next week, we're all two and zero in the old football thingy there. And uh, it's been been fun. I'll get my laptop hooked up for you, Mike. I'll try to get that one. Jesus for Christ, you. thank you. All right, all right guys, Doc, it's been it's been fun. I'll talk to y'all later. Go ahead and drop. Uh, Harper, we got Wildcat Sports uh, coming up November the 3rd, Sunday, live at the Pontchartrain Center with Harlem Heat, um, Stevie Ray and Booker T, MVP, RVD, the Honky Tonk Man, Psychosis, Stevie Richards, star-studded lineup going down at the Pontchartrain Center Sunday, November the 3rd. Uh, This is the uh, eight-year anniversary, the Percy Pringle Revolution Rumble Really big event. I just named all the wrestlers who will be there. Uh, go to wildcatsports.com for your tickets. It is going to be a fantastic night of wrestling. I don't know if there's any ringside seats left or VIP ringside seats, I think, are definitely gone. But uh, general admissions are definitely available. Uh, and, again, go to wildcatsports.com for your tickets. going to be a great show. Aubrey, anything to say about the show before we get out of here? They got four tickets. It's, I think there's like 20 of them left. Only 20. So we're recording this on September the 11th, and there's only 20 uh, floor tickets left. So that goes to show you, and the the card is still almost two full months away. So there's not many floor tickets left. Definitely general admission tickets left because the the, the building holds uh, 
about I guess five to six thousand somewhere around there, Harper. Uh, a front and train center. Yeah, the main arena. I think it holds uh, twenty five hundred. Oh, okay. It's smaller. It's a little smaller than I thought, though. I thought the main arena you could get a good five in, but I, I again, I've it's been a while since I've been there. Actually, no, you ah. Now that you say that, okay, that makes sense. But anyway, long story short, what we're trying to say is, if you're planning on going and you want good seats, go to wildcatsports.com, get your seats now, and go see some top-notch talent in a great show. Uh, the 8th anniversary, the Revolution Rumble is always a fun event. It's basically the Royal Rumble, except Wildcats version of it. Um, and it's pretty damn, it, it's just it's just a great night. It's The guys do a great job. It's one of my favorite Wildcat events. Uh, I was at the... I think the five-year or the four-year anniversary of it, and it was a really, really good show. They always do good shows. The Revolution Rumble is just one of them. So, again, check it out, wildcatsports.com. Go see Harper. Go see Harlem Heat. Go see MVP, RVD, Honky Tonk Man, Psychosis, and all the other great Wildcat talent. That's all I got. Harper, you want to say anything about the show, or that's, uh, did you think I covered it? Just be there. That's right. Just be there. Uh, and general admission, general admission tickets as well. Um, I believe are fifteen and I think ten for children. Uh, if I'm looking yeah. at it right on the website. Uh huh. So there you go. Right. Check them out. All right, Hopper. I think it's time for us to get up on out of here. Fun show. We did the damn thing. But uh, why don't you uh, hit the tagline so we can uh, take it on home? Book it, bitch. Before we get out of here, I want to shout out a couple of people, friends of the show. Also want to shout out some Patreon members and thank them for their patronage. Uh, Before I do all that, like I said, a couple of friends of the show and podcasts that we hope you support. 
Check out the wrestling podcast about nothing with Brian Malonis from ROH and Mike Crockett. They do their show every single Monday. Monday mornings, the shows drop. They talk current and classic wrestling, along with some indie stuff, too. But it's a good show. They're friends of mine, so please support them because they support us. Also, check out our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, run by buddies of mine, Joe Murata and Michael Quinn, as they give their take on the northern side of pro wrestling's history. Slightly classier, definitely more professional than we are. Thank you, Joe and Quinn, for all of your plugs. We appreciate it. Also, check out the Bottom Line cast with Mike Prue and JV. They do their show. I believe their shows are dropping on Wednesdays these days. I keep forgetting, but uh, they're basically breaking down the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So check out Mike and JV as they do their thing. Great show. And also Mike and JV do the ECW Extreme Livecast on our Patreon feed at the $5 level. So good guys doing some good work, and I appreciate it, Mike and JV. Thank you for all of your support. And like I said, I want to thank all the Patreon members out there for their support and patronage. We really appreciate it. We do two shows a week that are free. And then in addition to that, we do more because of you guys. And we appreciate that. So thanks for supporting this show. Uh, It's definitely a great thing that you do for us and and supporting us. I mean, I can't say it enough. I'm eternally grateful for all the patrons we have. And as I'm talking about being eternally grateful, shout out to the Hall of Fame patrons. Kevin Carter, Michael Angel, Bob Richards, Rocky Swayzo, Christopher Champer, Will Harkey, Robbie Dyson, Rick Beebe, Brad Dunifen, Tom Schlegel, Coach Joey Chase, a.k.a. Willie Chase, Steve Malbasa, LaRon Brown, Kenny Byersdorf, Glenn Abbott, at GA Russell Note on Twitter, Bobby Murray, Marlon Mueller, a.k.a. at Half Pints Point. Keep cutting them promos, kid. I know you would love when I say that. Josh Warren, Everett Starr, Mike Childry, Kyle Riley, Disrespectfully Classy, Marky Blassy, Craig Norman, Johnny on Patreon, the great John Dean at YRC21, Josh Dunn, Ryan and Auburn, at Ryan and Auburn, that is, on Twitter. Good old Justin, Robert Smith, Joseph Ice, Tim Marecci, Adam Price, Brian Evans, Mark Wilson, Armando Martinez, David Jordan, Jesse Jacobs, Josh Fields, Chris Myers, Gerald Green, Mitchell Johnson, Mike Prue, Will Parker, Jeremy Bryant, Classy Alex, David DeVries, Frog Zeppelin, SV Pageant, Bill Salsa, Big Rich, at Spy Boy Sports Cap, R.E. Miller, 39, Jay Shiny, Ruben Espinosa, Merciless Jones, Jesse Lucas, Chris Browning, Justin underscore Andretti, Coleman822, Marty Howell, T-Hog94, God Bold Unreal. Thanks for being Hall of Fame patrons. That list is getting longer and longer. And I appreciate it. Thank you for your patronage. And thank you for being Hall of Fame patrons and supporting this show and everything we do. That's all I got. Thank you again, guys. We appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day and week and whenever or month or whenever you're listening to this. Thank you very much. And like Harper always says before we get out of here, book it, bitch.